0: All right, social media family, we thank you once again for joining us for our second Keris Bible study here in the city of Virginia Beach. Now, we are on lesson two. Lesson two of the Grace, the Power of God series. Grace, the Power of God. We are on lesson two. And tonight's lesson is entitled, Without Excuse without excuse so we're going to start in the book of romans so let's go to romans romans chapter one and we're going to start at verse 16 romans chapter one we're going to start at verse 16 now be coming from the New, New Living Translation and it reads this way For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Greek verse 17 says this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight this is accomplished from start to finish by faith as the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life now I want us to look at these two verses and see what they're saying to us for I am not ashamed Of this good news about Christ. Now the first question I ask is. How could. How would you be ashamed? How would you be ashamed? Why would you be ashamed? Of good news? Why would you be ashamed? Of good news? Why would you be ashamed? Of good news? news? That's the key, that's
1: the key It's good Yeah, um Well, I know if Reading both of those Verses together If I tell somebody that I've been made Righteous um, By what God has Done Mm-mm. But yeah, I still make mistakes Then, you know They may you know, because people, and I think about that, when people is, now I think about that, people are ashamed to say that they are righteous. I've been made righteous. I am righteous. Because like I said, I think, I said this before, I think I said in the other Bible, I, said, I, remember, I remember growing up with the, we had the testimony services. <coughs> people saying I'm testifying, you know, about how good it is how God's been. i never heard anybody stand up and say, you know what? I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And you never heard that because um, the mindset was I'm only, I'm only as righteous as my behavior to the degree my behavior takes me. So, so you would never stand up and say that you know what? I'm the righteous guy in Christ Jesus because you will be afraid that somebody will say well you know what? wouldn't you be ashamed to say that and you still make mistakes because this is mm-hmm. saying the good news is what the good news is I've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus but he's Jesus done so and I think my, and I'm understanding that that's what the good news is so he said I'm not ashamed of that good news that I've been made righteous by what Jesus has done And so, unless you really believe in what Jesus has done and believe what this says, then you are going to be ashamed to tell people, I'm I'm the righteous, I've been made righteous. You're not going to say that. You're going to uh, evaluate your, your relationship with God based on your behavior.
2: I read it. See, I took a whole different tack on it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean that—that's great. But no, I was thinking that just about. You know, um, sometimes in certain situations, you're almost afraid to use the name of Jesus Christ and things <laughs> like that because there's so much hostility right. in the world and in society. And what I what I was reading that is. To not be ashamed of that, to 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 mm-hmm. speak that name, to you know, to insert it. And one of the things that I have found, and it's a way to make me comfortable to be able to do that, is if somebody's struggling with something, and they might not be a Christian or anything like that, but I might say to them, "Can I pray with you?" That's good. And and then I can insert it that way without it feeling threatening because usually when people are having a difficulty they're more
0: open that's good that's good so i'm hearing the pressure to be ashamed on two different levels right Mm -hmm. right number one like what tina was talking about like just the overall hostility hostility against the name of jesus and and christianity and, and at large all right and then but even within the Christian context, you have the, the ashamedness of proclaiming the good news or all that we have, all that we've been given in what Christ has done. Because when we talk about the good news, do we really understand how, how full the gospel is? Like, what did Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection Pay for. Now, if you are a believer, then you at, at at the very least you understand that his death, burial, resurrection made a way for you to make it to heaven, to give eternal life. All right. Now, obviously, is that the most important thing? Yeah, I mean because this this life that we live is a finite period of time, but eternity. Defy is beyond time. We can't quantify that in our minds, right? But what else did he accomplish for us in his death, burial, and resurrection? Did he provide peace for us? Did he provide deliverance? Did he provide healing? Did he provide prosperity? Did he provide these things as well? And there's pressure. To be ashamed of the reality of the fullness of what he did. Because mm-hmm. when you talk about that stuff, you're like, oh, there you go. You're one of them blab it, grab it, mm-hmm. prosperity Christians, health and wealth preacher, teacher. But wait a minute. Didn't, didn't he say that he would provide all our needs? Didn't he say he would never leave nor forsake us? Didn't he say he would give us a peace that passes all understanding? All of these things are things that we can enjoy in this life right here and now. As well as in the life to come. But see, there's a, there's a pressure and a temptation for us to be ashamed of the fullness of the gospel. On top of the, the overall pressure of is the, world, the world system that is that has a negative view of what Christianity is in general. So that, that pressure to be ashamed is coming on two different levels. Right. Now I'm looking at our outline. It says, Salvation is everything Jesus purchased for us through the atonement. Now if you look at certain Greek study tools, in the, in the Strong's it uses the word soteria. And other study tools use the word sozo. So you look at the word sozo, what does it mean? It is an all-inclusive word that summarizes everything that Christ provided for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's forgiveness of sins, healing, deliverance, and prosperity. All these things. It's all these things. Now let's go to James 5. No, on our outline James 5 is next and then after James 5 we're going to go to we're going to go to Galatians we're going to Galatians
2: James
0: Chapter five, looking at verses fourteen and fifteen, and it reads this way: In the New Living Translation says, "Are any any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing all, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord." Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Now, in the King James, reads this way. It says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Now, look at the word save here in verse 15. And you see that word sozo right there.
2: So it's a full saving and on every level.
0: There you go. Let's look at Thayer's definition. It says to save, keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. Now, how much danger and destruction is in heaven? but there's plenty of it down here on Earth, All alright now his work has delivered us from the sentence of death and hell Mm -hmm. right so we have been delivered from that destruction in the life to come but there's also provision for us here and now 'Cause that same word save is used right here at verse fifteen.
2: Save the sick, so it's saying like a complete saving of like if you're sick,
1: a complete healing, right? Is that the way? Yeah, body, soul, and spirit, the whole man.
2: Yeah. So I've had people say, you know, that they believe and, and you know how they it says take up your your cross daily, like, mm-hmm. and to say that you know, something because we are fallen creatures, right? Mm-hmm. That we're gonna have sickness, that we're gonna have things, and then I hear it like somebody like Andrew Womack, and he says that you just have to keep on saying, like, even in the face of if there's if there, like if the seeming evidence is not that you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it still looks like you, you're dying
3: mm-hmm.
2: or whatever you have this sickness you have this disease that you just have to keep on applying that faith to it so so it's like I'm, I'm just thinking out loud like right. trying to clarify this so right well maybe you can you speak more on that
0: no, I think you were doing a good job.
3: <laughs> and and because
0: see what you're talking about is fighting the good fight of faith. Okay. Because the the all the things that are coming against us, the, the adversities of this life, the things that we experience, right? The enemy wants to do what with them? He wants to use them to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Now just because we have a revelation of what grace is and, and, and what has been provided for us, does that mean now that we are, we are supposed to expect this perfect, flawless life without trouble? Absolutely not. Because Jesus, Jesus said what? He said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the fight that we fight is the fight of faith. Mm-hmm. not not fighting to earn something or to get something but to hold on to the reality of what we already have in the spirit world and allowing it to allowing allowing these things to be seen in our natural lives mm-hmm. right and see and, and you know when we talk about sickness and disease that stuff is i mean it is a it is a bear to come against because of the the challenge of waking up feeling that pain feeling that discomfort Mm
3: -hmm.
0: all the the things that you feel with your natural senses the pressure that's being placed on your natural senses
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and this is what you were referring to about staying staying and keeping the word in front of you because that's what's going to help sustain you and to fight against the this these lying symptoms and when I say lying symptoms what I mean I mean they're in contradiction to what belongs to you.
3: The
0: mm-hmm. scripture says what? By his stripes ye were mm-hmm. healed. Yeah. And that's the fight.
4: And he says in Psalm 103, this is the first one that really blessed me, was um, uh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Uh, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. Who heals all your diseases. Every time I come back to that, that just is the sticking point. All means all. It's not part.
1: But the, I think the scripture she quoted, um, oh, take to, up yeah. your cross, where well, she said, you know I said take up your cross and follow me in, in my context. And yeah. If somebody, let somebody correct me, every time I take up your cross, I think a lot of time we refer to that as sickness and disease, but in my sense, uh, the only thing that Jesus didn't deliver us from is persecution. So to me that scripture is talking about. When you take up your cross, being persecuted for the gospel, for proclaiming the gospel. As we were talking about earlier, being a Christian, people this world fight against, but they don't the name of Jesus is frowned upon in this culture and sometimes. So when he talked about taking up your cross it means, okay, you're gonna be persecuted. You're gonna stand for God, stand this his word and Share the gospel with people and the good news, then you're going to get some resistance, you get some pushback. And people are not going to like you because you do it and stuff like that. you want going to be, as we see, Paul went to a lot. But he didn't deliver us from persecution, but stick sickness, Jesus' name, forgiveness of sins, diseases, prosperity, all that is part of the promise The finished work is Christ. The only thing is persecution. He said, "You going?" He told disciples, him too. For proclaiming the gospel, you gonna be persecuted." And mm-hmm. know we know some of them died. You know, miserable death, being killed, stuff like you know, heads cut off, stuff like that. So,
3: yeah, you know, so they,
1: they yeah. But because just because they were just stand for what the word of God said. So that's
0: right. And that's what he said. If the world hated me, yeah, would hate you. Right? Hate you. Mm.
4: right. I do know, um, in listening to some teaching by Joseph Prince, it, he brought out that scripture, I believe it's in Hebrews 12, uh, Hebrews 11, where it um, goes through that um, group of faith and pointed out the scripture where it says, um, no, in that one it talks about all of them.
1: Going through, and they didn't deem. Um, uh, yeah, we go Let's go there. Let's okay. go there. <laughs> Hebrews eleven. Yeah.
0: Hebrews eleven, and I am going to start at verse thirty-two. Yeah. And we'll and we'll go down to we we'll go down to verse forty. Hebrews eleven. Starting at thirty-two, and we'll go all the way down to verse forty. And it, it kind of capsulizes everything we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. In the New Living Translation, it reads like this. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put all whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jarred at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons, Some died by stoning, some sawed in half, and others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised for God has something better in mind for us so that we would not reach perfection, so they would not reach perfection without us
4: yeah it's uh, 35 where it says not accepting deliverance and I know another passage and again sorry I don't have the reference but um, that Christ makes a way of escape for us and and they made the choice even in, in these things of death um they made the choice to follow through because they saw a better return for it, not because God wasn't faithful to provide another avenue if they wanted to and still be in faith. And I, I just found that really encouraging because, again, then it's a it's a choice, and it's a choice um, for worship rather than a, a choice of fear or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of removes it from the fear side and says, you know, what would you really like to do, honey? Because I love you, and you know these have different directions that they're going to, to um, or different outcomes. But all of it's going to be within my grace. I don't understand. Encouraging.
2: Forty. All these people earned a good reputation because they their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised guided God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection
4: without us. I don't understand. This one says, God having provided something better for us, meaning I think all of us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Apart from us?
2: Yeah. So so, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Who's us?
0: The body. The body. The body. body. body because everybody that's mentioned is an Old Testament saint. That's right. That's right. And the promise that we have in under the new covenant is the Holy Spirit indwelling in on the inside of us.
2: So with all these people were in the Old Testament. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Gideon, Rock, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's go to Galatians. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to get back on the outline, but I want us to look at this. Galatians, and let's look at, yeah, I'll start at verse 1. Which
3: chapter was that? Uh,
0: chapter 3. Galatians 3, starting at verse 1. Now this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Galatia, and I know we talked about this, I don't know if we talked about this in our last study here, but we definitely talked about it in last week at the New New study, about how, you know, just talking about grace and how Grace is what we what what we need. It's us trusting in what he has done plus nothing. Not my faith plus my standing at the soup kitchen, working at working the altar or working on the usher board or my or whatever good deeds I can add. It's not Jesus plus something, it's Jesus plus nothing, which equals everything. Galatians 3, starting at verse 1, he says, O foolish Galatians, in the New Living Translation, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as if you had seen it, a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your, your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God verse 8 what's more the scriptures look forward to this time when god would make the gentiles right in his sight because of their faith god proclaimed this good news to abraham long ago when he said all nations will be blessed through you so all who put their faith in christ share the same blessing abraham received because of his faith Sound like good news to me, right? Verse 10. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. Now look at verses 13 and 14. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for all wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing He promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promise, Holy Spirit, through faith. So we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, if you don't think that's good news, you need to read Deuteronomy twenty eight, verses fifteen through. The rest of the chapter yeah. spells it out. Um, what? All what?
4: the curses. All the curses? That were redeemed from. Oh. I mean, it tells the curses, and this says we're redeemed from it. But yeah, yeah, it spells it out. That's pretty awesome. If you can sit down and
0: meditate on that. On that outline, says salvation is a package deal, mm-hmm. it's a package deal. So like we were talking about earlier, is it a ticket to heaven? Absolutely. Is it important? It's more important that we understand? Yes, it is. But that's not all.
3: Mm.
0: We have provision for the day as well. And that's the thing that the, that the enemy wants to rob us of, the provision that we have for the day.
4: And encouragement, because what I find is if you're only living to get to heaven, you can't wait to die. Whereas if you know that God's given you this whole package of provision day by day by grace, it makes you want to live and shout. <laughs> it makes you want to step in and say, I'm not gonna feed it because I've got I've got the opportunity to share this good news with more people. Whereas the other way, if if you get a pain or a disease or something like that, you just want to curl up and say, done. And and then if you're not done, you, bitterness, I'm afraid, is the thing that is really hard to fight. I mean, I, I see that with one of my family members that's now in a nursing home. And if we have to fight every single day bitterness because the choice is now to wait for death. And it, it makes me so sad it didn't have to be that way.
0: So who is a better advertiser of Christianity? The individual that is has a full revelation of, of who they are in Christ and enjoying that relationship every day? Mm-hmm. Or the person that gets the half gospel? They know that Christ has redeemed them from, from hell. And heaven is their home. But that's all they know. They don't believe any of the other stuff or don't even know that it's theirs just like Mary said you gotta have salvation there it's a half gospel and when life smacks you in the face what strength do you have to hold on to to live a vibrant life here and now what's the motive but if you understand what Christ has provided, and you can rest in that, and just enjoying the relationship there, a, day by day. How 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 much of a attraction to others is that? Because you see that. When you see that a
1: lot with sicknesses. I was saying it's just okay. Give that say, Okay, you know. And I mean, of course, you go to the doctor, but if the doctor tells you you only have six months. And you just embrace it. And you just say, okay, let me live the best six months of my life. And, and there's no fight. Versus, you know, you declaring under scripture, I shall live and not die. And I shall see the words of the Lord. You mm-hmm. declare that, okay, and that goes against like you said, all the symptoms, the diagnosis, and so, but Mm-hmm. You know, I would say the majority of Christians when they get such something like that, they embrace it it's like, okay, you know, because, and then so I've heard people say, well, you know, I remember one year in my job, you know, her dad was diagnosed with something and I see her health going on, you know, maybe one week because she didn't take care of herself, but I remember saying something to her and she was like, well, my mom had it, my dad has it, so I'm going to get it too. Mm-hmm. So there's no, just, oh. It's gonna happen, so you have this mindset, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just let it happen, no fight. Yeah, so.
5: and, and I don't know, I just, anyway, not necessarily, I think that question too though, because um, I accept that and I want to be there. <laughs> I want to be big. Um You know, like experiences like, uh, you know, this is a part of some time ago, but um, a friend of mine, my my mother in law's um, was encouraged by her church to stop taking her and she died. You know,
4: mm-hmm. and there's just like so, too. It's like you don't yeah. stop taking it until you personally, you know, can, can understand. Could,
5: can God heal her? No question. There's no question that God can heal her. God can raise Lazarus from the dead. He's the same God this it's like that walking into sunlight. Like, mm, you know
0: right right
4: well and that's what i'm finding mm-hmm. exactly you can't just throw this at people you can present it but if they don't receive it quickly you can't just throw it and expect them to be able to embrace it every time it, it takes teaching it takes time to assimilate the word and to let it soak in is what I' finding and so you have to meet people where they're at and walk with them and and, and keep presenting the hope right. of the gospel right. but but to say oh stop taking your medicine when there's no faith there to to believe well, that the we world, talked there's about no that. even knowing because I had surgery
5: in November exactly. and you know yeah. it was like you know let's pray yeah that it's just like cured but but at the same time i'm going to walk through the steps because i know i know i'm not
4: there yet
0: right Absolutely.
5: you know and i'm and, you know if i was i'd be telling you yeah. <laughs> you know but
4: how victoriously right. she went through the surgery oh and saw miracle after miracle oh, yeah. even to get the airplane ticket and to get out there that was like it the was
5: wall. awesome because i don't have insurance
3: mm.
5: it was just i'm on self pay and we just like we're in the doctor's office, and she's like, "I, I do. We have this thing called primary care, so we pay a doctor a set fee every month, mm-hmm. and our family can go to her whenever we need something. I and mean, she takes care of a lot of things in office that she, you know, other doctors would send her out. For, um, yeah. But this was like, you know, hey, uh, we need to go get a biopsy of your liver, and it looks like you might have cancer in your gallbladder. Good thing is, that I was like, I was probably the best cancer news she's ever going to give a patient ever." Because I was like, cancer. I was like, wait, gallbladder? She was like, yeah. I was like, victory. Take it out. <laughs> you know, you don't need your gallbladder. I've got cancer in my gallbladder. I mean, if you cancer in your pancreas, if it's cancer, you the gallbladder. I don't need that. Get rid of it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it was just, when we were talking in the office, you know, Kim just, leaned, Kim's my husband. He just leaned over to me and he was like, I have that in the bank right now what we needed for surgery to go to this place in Oklahoma that is a, is a surgical site that does anyway, I don't want to take the much time, but it was just like provision, 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 provision all that's along good. the way. It was like, oh, well, we can't leave my mom because we're a caregiver for mom, so my husband couldn't go with me. So we have somebody we call the fairy godmother um, and that's, you know, we, my daughter's half-brother came to live with us when he was 14 and, um, and so she, we know her through him. So she calls every now and then just to check in. I was like, hey, just want you to let you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Well, you know, who's staying with the kids? And I was like, Well, Kim's staying with the kids because he's staying with the mom. She's like, Well, who's going with you? And I said, I don't know. I think I'm gonna take an. I, I said, I'm just. to see if I can take an Uber. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Yeah, they're not gonna let you do that. Um, when are you going? And you know, she's like, Okay, well, I'll, I'll meet you there in Oklahoma. You know, just happens. So happens that she's a traveling RN. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to take my own private nurse (laughs) to Oklahoma to take care of me for my outpatient surgery. I mean, down to like, I had to change planes in Dallas on the way back the day after surgery, and like the first thing I get is a text message from the airline when I landed. Mm. And you know, I don't know if you've ever been to the airport in Dallas, but it's about four miles big. Yeah. And, huge. Then, um, and I get to there and they're like, just so you know, your gates changed for your connecting flight. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's been changed to B-16, and I get off my plane and I'm at B-18, b sixteen. right? It was just every <laughs> single thing. It ran into every gentleman whose mama raised him right to pick up my luggage, carry my luggage, put my luggage in the roof, you know, in the bins, I mean, just every, every single moment was provision um, you know the day after walking up and down the hall and the scripture that I had prior to church and she would given me just a list of scriptures and the one that I last onto to that spoke to me was Jeremiah and it was you know heal me O lord and I will be healed save me and I will be saved for you are my praise and so after surgery I'm trying to walk off the anesthesia so I'm going up and down the hall in the hotel in my pajamas and uh and uh saying that scripture over and over again, and it just hit me like yeah this is mine this is his word but it's mine that's right you know that's I'm right healed and um and i'm diabetic all my in within like four weeks my numbers went from not great to perfection right before surgery i mean everything to the point where my, the surgeon was kind of like, I don't know if we actually need to do this. And he looked at my numbers and I was like, well, if we don't need to do it, we don't need to do it. And he's like, it's up to you. And I was like, you know, that's that. You know, yeah. and uh, I, I just felt like, we need, you know, I wanted it out. And then when they took it out, they realized it had been chronically ill, where it had gotten, the gallbladder had gotten, would swell and mm-hmm. retract and swell and retract. And mm-hmm. So it had been repeatedly sick. So to have that gone, actually, when I got back home, my doctor's like, you're going to feel better now and be able to pursue other things in your health that you're trying to do from a better platform, you know, so it was just like, you know, but the same thing, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm sorry, oh, sorry, sorry about it, but it was just, anxiety. God was just like so part of that healing, I, I have no, um, I have no conflict with just because I had surgery doesn't mean that the that God wasn't the author of that healing. That's
0: right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is that? That's right. Yeah. And, that, and see, and that and that speaks to, that uh, speaks to, relationship, and Him walking, with you,
5: and for me. That was a big thing I got out of it, yeah. was that my husband can walk with me and will, or my husband can go ahead of me, and take care of business, so that as I walk behind him. I have a clear path. My husband can't do both of those things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Only my God can do all those things. My God can do my undergirding, walking beside me and preparing things ahead of me all at the same time. That's good. That's good. Um, and that's what he did all the way through this. That's
0: right. And you know, and when we were talking about in our other series, A Better Way to Pray, the Lord's Prayer, we say, give us this day our Daily bread, daily provision. And see, and that testimony just speaks to all of that, that provision day by day. Right? How, when you look at Jesus' ministry, how the, the administration of healing came in so many different ways. Some people he just spoke the word to, they received. Then he spit on the ground, put mud in some guy's eye. Right? Different administrations.
5: And the gift that he gave my husband, too, of, you know, part of wanting to take care of me the way that Jesus takes care of the church. You know, he wanted to, you know, for him to be in a position financially at that point in time, because we work on commission, for him to be in a position financially at that point in time, when they said... Because basically, from my ultrasound, to my flight, to my hotel, to the surgery, to the biopsies, to everything else, we, we were literally like, what he had in excess of bills in the bank was a difference of about $40. And, and so for God to have been provisional through my husband's work, but been provisional, for to put him in the position as the husband and the leader of my family, to be able to say, this you know I mean that's a gift from God too to, yeah. to, to shore him up mm-hmm. to you know my husband's um, recovering alcoholic so you know for God to have him in the grace of sobriety and working and taking care of his family mm-hmm. and to not have to be in the position of wow, my wife's sick, she needs surgery. How are we gonna do this? I don't even know, you know, am I gonna have to take a loan? You know, to not be in that position, but for God to have also been faithful to him and his work mm-hmm. and the things he's set aside and the things that he's pursued, you know, you know, in in honor of God, you know, and yet at the same time put him in partnership with being able to go on. That's
3: good, that's good.
5: You know, it was just, it's uh, good stuff. That's right. We've been, um, just just because it correlates, uh, another teaching that we've been doing in in the church um, was out of Philippians 4, and and in the verses we've heard before, but in Philippians 4, Uh, it's verse 7 verse 13 and verse 19 Um, and it's just sort of a a summation of uh, of God's promises in that um, you know sort of threefold is is verse 7 is and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and then um, 13 the many glasses at most? Thirteen is. Um, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And nineteen, and my God will supply every need, every not not some, every need of yours according to him, His riches and His glory in Christ Jesus. And Mm-hmm. And it just correlated for me when we were teaching this after being here two weeks ago, and, and, and looking at this was that, that just um, you because know, they were saying that you know, here, here's the promises of God, like all the promises of God can be summed up in those three scriptures, and that which I meant the perfect peace of God, the uh, power of God, because He can do all things, and you can do all things in Him, and and the provision of God. In, in, you know, so when we talk about like this, this is better than good news. That's right. You know, it's it really does kind of like if you can like in all circumstances have peace. You know, because that that blows people away. they like, you know, they don't know what to do when you don't get upset. When you, and and there's a lot of people who don't know what to do when they can't upset you when they can't draw you into the drama. Right. They don't know what to do with you. Right. They don't know what to make of you. But sometimes it will stop and give them pause. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. What's what's with you? You know, well, you know, there's
3: this person that's with me.
5: You know, it's the Holy Spirit. He's here. So I'm not going to get all shaken up with your stuff.
0: Right. And I like that because we were talking about earlier, you know, what the difference between the, 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 the believer that is resting in the peace of God and the totality of the full gospel versus... The individual that just has the half gospel, mm-hmm. right? So the person who understands what they have in the person of, of Christ, the the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of them, that peace that passes all understanding. If you're walking in that peace, how attractive is that to people around you? It be it'd, it's gonna be an irritant at first, like you said. Like why is it? What's wrong with her? Is she what, what is she on? I gotta find out who her psychiatrist is right but it's an open door the scripture says taste and see that the Lord is good and that fruit of peace is drawing because the scripture says also what in the last, day, last days men's hearts will fail them for fear
3: mm-hmm.
0: and fear can push you to a place to do some do some, some wild things when you have that peace that fruit of peace then it 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 is it is a it's like honey to bees so this is good now something i was thinking about too when shane was talking let's go to first corinthians 2 1 Corinthians 2 and I'm going to look at verse 12 I'm going to read this in the Amplified and it says this now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world but the Holy Spirit, Spirit who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. So it is, it is a work of the Holy Spirit to understand the gifts of God, the goodness of God. It takes the Holy Spirit to understand that to grasp this concept of grace.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is why, you know, when we were talking earlier about mm-hmm. how, you know, it how good he really is is overwhelming. Yeah. And, you know, almost too good to be true news. It takes the Holy Spirit to open our hearts up to really to receive that. Because a lot of our experience and the experience of people around us is, the, is, is so contrary to that.
3: Mm.
0: So this is a work of the Holy Spirit for, for us to be able to see and understand the grace of God. And this is why... Paul preached the way he did and you go to his prayer in Galatian you know, in Ephesians 3 in Ephesians 3 you look at that prayer and he he's again praying for the work of the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts to be able to receive from from God. Now I'm going to start at verse. Verse 16, and we're going to go down to verse 20. All right. And I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. And he says this. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able, to, through his mighty power, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So you see the recurrent theme here? It's the Holy Spirit that is his... God's goodness is so is so vast it's so much that the Holy Spirit has to be the it's only by the Holy Spirit that we can begin to comprehend mm-hmm. how good He is.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The too good, almost too good to be true news. Mm-hmm. I love that go back to my bullet points on my outline I'm I'm just on number two when the scripture says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation it's not just talking about how to be born again and have your sins forgiven it also means as we said earlier that the gospel the grace of God is the power of God unto healing unto deliverance unto prosperity unto everything that comes to us as a result of being born again it's talking about our relationship with God. It's also how to how to how we relate to God based on grace, what Jesus did instead of performance, what we do. Now I want to pause and, and ask, how good is it that is based on what he did instead of what we could do? How good is that? <laughs> yeah, we sometimes. Absolutely. We sometimes. Absolutely. But to understand that it's it's, it's it's not, I it's not about me. It's about him. It's just about the only only thing I do is believe, rest in him. That's my job. That's my job. That's our job.
5: And that's such a good defense, you know, because the enemy will give more my head You be know, well, you know. wow. Your, your, your pair, your mm-hmm. pair, you know, I want to pray for somebody. Well, how can your pair have any power? Mm-hmm. You know, because you did this yesterday. You were rude to that woman today. You were, you know, this, this, this. And it's just like...
0: Who's praying to the praying to? And that's everything. He's praying through us. That's right. That's right. That's right. And as soon as she said that, it took me to James 5. It says, Elijah was a human as we are, yet when we prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its fruit. And the King James used the phrase, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Mm -hmm.
2: Is Elias
4: Elijah?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elijah. He was a man subject to like passions as we are and the amplifier says Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have with feelings, affections and a constitution like ours (laughs) so the enemy comes to you and says who do you think you are praying for such and such like well Jesus said there was none greater than John the Baptist Mm -hmm. but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he and you are kingdom citizen. So, all right So, and this is why the understand knowing what God has said about you, knowing who you are in Christ, is is one of, if not the greatest, if def- I wouldn't say the greatest defense, but I say one of the greatest defenses against those fiery darts.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Knowing who you are. Because that's what you know. Those lying voices will try to tell you. Question your identity. Who do you think you are?
5: I read it, and of all things, it was a foreword written by a doctor. um a doctor, was a um, And he talks about how you know before before your parents even before you were born. Before you were named, before your parents, even you know, your mother, even knew she was pregnant. It was a moment in that secret place, in her womb, and it was you, and it was God. And that, if you can anchor your identity in that moment, instead of what everybody else then labels you with and puts on you and Judges you for and everything else that comes after that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can like anchor your identity and you know, you know, who you were was decided at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was you, and it was God. Mm-hmm. You know, given life. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the yeah. scripture yeah. says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Are you live right now? People people can hear you talking right now.
2: Oh, they can hear? Yeah.
0: Mm. Where is it going to? Whosoever will. Oh,
2: so we don't
0: know. Yeah. Point three on the outline says, Satan tries to get us to earn things of God to make ourselves our Savior to put our faith in what we've done instead of faith in christ as our only means of receiving from god instead of coming right out and telling people that god doesn't heal prosper and deliver today satan deceives them into thinking that they must do something in order to earn god's provision Not- he
5: does with the lost you know? yeah and that's, and first of all i don't exist. Second of all, God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm.
3: Third
0: of all, you are God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So right. the so the deception is on different levels.
5: Yeah. So it's almost the same pattern. It's just, he does it with our faith. You know?
0: mm-hmm. it's,
5: not me that's keep, it's not God me does. that's keeping you from heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not God that's getting you. Oh well, no, it's you. You've got to do it. Mm-hmm. And
3: we
1: can of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are those religions who... Trying to, trying to bypass the fitness works of Jesus and just go straight to the Father. Mm-hmm. So we just mm-hmm. take him out of the equation and we just going to go straight.
4: Yes.
1: That's so, you know, so we don't need old. him, what he did, because if you look at him as just being a man trying to save his own people, yeah. then you take him out of the equation and say, well, we just going to go straight to the Father. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he tells us there's no
5: way to the Father through.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they may have so that written. sort
4: of leaves you working for it again, doesn't it? Right. Because yes, you, exactly. if you see the righteousness of God, you can't match it. Right, because you have right. to
1: ask yourself the question, okay, so how do I please the Father? What is good enough? How good do I have to be? More yeah. grind. Yeah, same grind, right? And so nobody knows the answer to that. That's right. You know, unless you because there's right. none yeah, <laughs> except I mean, for Christ unless I mean, you have this concept where he grades on a curve and say everybody yeah. has a different curve that's great curve. Yeah. Oh, that's good, that's the good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: that's funny that's good. I mean, it's
5: not funny it's crazy and clever yeah yeah. Slide
0: deception and that's you know the deception is on different levels for different wherever you are Right, so there's a deception that comes against you if you are an unbeliever, and if you are a believer, there's a deception that comes to you, just mm-hmm. like, like what we just read. Yeah. You know, to get you back on that hamster wheel of works, and but all of it is a attempt to to steal from you what can is has already been provided by grace. So, that
4: has been the most helpful verse, is that um, whenever I'm in a situation and, a, and the, the pressure's coming on, to just stop and say, is this something that is stealing, killing, and destroying, mm-hmm. or is it giving life and life abundant? Mm-hmm. And, you right. know, it just breaks it down really fast, mm-hmm. and, and we know which side Christ is on. Right. that's good.
0: That's good
2: has anybody ever experienced I've been going through where I have this feeling of oppression on me it's like I'll go to do something and nothing will go right and um, and then I get get this feeling of being defeated and then you know and it's like a fight 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 Um, it's almost like because I've been working on—I'm a songwriter. I've been working on three songs. I've been trying to get recorded to do this Christian EP, yeah. and it, all these obstacles are like getting in the way. And I'm like, "Am I not supposed to be doing this? You know, like what? What are all these obstacles that are that keep standing in my way? You know?" Yeah. So well, that's
4: kind of like that persecution we're talking about, right? It's kind of like
2: just trying that. to get here tonight.
5: I, mean, yeah. it. like, I love Norfolk and plenty of time, I'll give myself an hour to get from yeah. downtown Norfolk to get drop off my daughter and her friend at my house on Holland Bird mm-hmm. and to tip right back here. Plenty of time. Four hours. I dropped them off at seven, because mm-hmm. it's an hour to get from there to there, but there was this truck that was over the rail. was that was on on the whole exit yes okay that accident accident happened on the way to go to Norfolk for me so i was not expecting it not to be cleared up two hours later on the boulevard on on the exit for virginia beach boulevard for town center here oh i I have to get that's the exit i take to drive okay the boulevard was just
3: well the boulevard was
5: overflow the boulevard was overflow because everything that was uh, good, normally going with that with way down independence was circumvented back the other gotcha. way at the of so but 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 i just you know i mean and it occurred to me i'll, I'll just stay home i'll do it on zoom i'll and i was like I want to go that's
2: want to go Sometimes to it's be. hard to know, like what, you know, when the obstacle, when it's like well, God's sending you in a different right. direction, exactly. or it is. Is it a, a, whole a stepping stone? stone, stone you know, know what I mean? Like, is, is it a block? Oh, like, right? right. Because it sometimes is. they say if it's God's will, doors will open, and blah blah blah. And yeah. if it's
0: not, you tell that to Paul. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Tell that to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: Tell it to Paul, and see, and 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 this is why you know the gift of the holy spirit is is is, is vital mm-hmm. right and this is the advantage that we have over the old testament saints because they'll the, 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 there you go you know where i was going and mm-hmm. galatians 3 15 and let the peace that comes from christ rule in your hearts mm-hmm. for as members of one body you are called to live in peace mm-hmm. and always be thankful and, and you know when you're talking about specific action steps specific instruction that stuff stuff you know it can be difficult and like to, to you know understand okay where is this opposition coming from yeah but one one guidepost to use is where is the peace at because there's one thing to say okay these obstacles are frustrating me but I'm not losing peace about where I'm going, where I want to go, or where I believe I'm getting, being led to go.
5: Mm-hmm. And the opportunities, too. Where's the opportunity and the obstacle? Because I don't know how many people, like, especially when we hit that accident on the way there. So we're talking about actively other cars, because it wasn't just that truck over there. There mm-hmm. was the mashed up mangled car that was facing the wrong direction mm-hmm. in, you know, in that lane, and the three lanes over. Um, that you know, car versus truck, truck wins, and actually nobody won. Um, but you know, in that opportunity, is how many people are sitting there praying. You know, my daughter and I were sitting in traffic, praying, and she doesn't. She's she's sixteen, and she's got some questions, so she's not uh, a lot of times really um, uh, receptive to praying. With but I'm like, okay, well, we got to pray. And it's, you know, it's just got. Me. But then of course, you know, now we're praying. So pray for the people next, and pray for the first responders, and can we start praying for our friends, and her dad, and you know, all this kind of stuff, and praying for tonight, and mm-hmm. the whole thing. So it's, it's uh, you know, there are opportunities and obstacles To all of a sudden they oh, this slows me down, but if it slows you down, and you're slowed down, and you're looking around, and you've got peace of God, it's, you know, there's opportunities to intervene sometimes for the people. That's correct.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. I'm looking at our next point. Point B says instead of relating to and receiving from God based on His grace, goodness, and mercy, they try to earn God's gift through human effort. And again, we talk—we're still talking about you know works, righteousness. Most people believe that God moves in their lives proportional to their performance. All right. And we know what that leads to, right? This ham, this, this, this vacillation and emotional stability and instability, you know? Because how, you know, how stable can you be when you, you know, when your, your, your relationship with your Heavenly Father is based on how well you can do? You think you all that last week because you you know you volunteered at church, but then Tuesday comes and you know one of your aunts or one of your children say something out of the way, and you lose it, and you go to Bible study on Wednesday feeling horrible, right? And it's like up and down, and it's the antithesis of the peace of God. Because the externals are in control, not what's in you, and the Lord does, doesn't desire that for us. We ha- he has greater for us, right? But again, how can we rest in that place of peace? It's by understanding that, regardless of what happens, what what we do, or what happens around us, He will never leave nor forsake us. He promised that.
4: Today and forever.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Point D says this is what Paul was preaching against this whole mixture of law and grace. Paul came along and talked about God's goodness and grace. Point A it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. So you mean it's not the Ten Commandments? not me calling out your sin, telling them like I, was, like I see it. Now it says the goodness of God leads to repentance. It's the gospel that has power in it. Next point. It says since most people relate to God based on fear instead of love, no doubt the immediate response of those Paul was writing to would have been, but you can't do this people have to know how ungodly they are.
3: Mm.
0: How will they turn from their sin unless they understand God's wrath? That's,
4: that's what I've been told in our church. Yeah. So it's, I mean. it's happening right there.
2: What? That they have to be
4: told about their they sin? They need to teach the Ten Commandments because uh-huh. they need to know about their sin before you can present the gospel. And From everything I'm seeing... It's in us. We already know. We may not have a name for it or identify, you know, identify, boxes, but but um, our hearts tell us when something's wrong.
1: I think depends on you know. I you know, can't. Everybody's different. It depends on what they are. I think mm-hmm. you know if that person is just, um, as we talked about, just think they can please God with their works then you do have to show them how they stand up to God based on their so works so using that as a yeah and then you know yeah so then once they get a realization okay i can't measure you up mm-hmm. then then you present the good news to them okay but you know what jesus did for you
4: so doing it i mean basically what jesus did right
1: right exactly so he he did it with the rich young ruler
4: that's
1: right you know he let him know he was okay you know how can i get eternal life and then jesus commandments and then he says well okay well he lied so he kept them all, Mm -hmm. which wasn't true but once he realized how messed up he was but then of course he walked away sad but you know the thing is but it did what it was supposed to
0: do it was supposed to do yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the scripture says the law was our schoolmaster yes, yes. to bring us to Christ. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back to Romans 1 and we're gonna look at verses 18, 19, and 20. This that speaks to this. Romans 8, 1, 18, 19, and 20. And I'm gonna read it in the in the New Living Translation again, because it makes it so plain. And it reads like this. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his internal internal power in divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Alright. In the King James it reads, verse 20, it says, For the invisible things of him that from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without Excuse. So this is speaking to an inward witness, right? So everyone having that inward witness of the, the reality that there is God.
4: It's hard in this day and age, and, and you know, I think this is the device of Satan too, really, is to keep the noise. Mm-hmm. So intense that nobody ever hears it anymore. You know, I just see that there's never a downtime to reflect.
0: That's good. Yeah.
4: It's kind of simplistic thinking, I guess, but
5: Chronicles of Narnia, see us C.S. Lewis, he, he writes about uh, sort of the kids, you know, and their encounter. Um, and it's, it's a creation story, so. Aslan the lion represents Christ and he's singing the world of the being. And Uncle Andrew is this magician who's basically playing the powers that he doesn't know anything about. Um, and he can't he can't face it. You know, he can't face this. What the kids are awestruck by. He's terrible. <laughs> and um, and so he eventually just convinces himself that he's not hearing words and songs, but that he's just hearing wars and, and that kind of thing. And, and, and I, I always respond to this, because Lewis rights. The problem with convincing yourself that you're stupider than you are is that you very often succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I lived basically as a, I, I used the, the term agnostic, and I've since found out that ag, people who define themselves ag, as agnostics don't really think what I was thinking so I't know but I I was one of those people that for I mean from about the age of 12 until I was about 30 I figured there was some kind of God because that made more sense mm-hmm. you know? made more that that analogy of the world just to coming into existence would be like just for no reason no uh, car company no factory or whatever just suddenly finding a Car in the desert with keys in the ignition and gas in the tank, and it just happened to create itself. You know, So, that is, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It may always made more sense to me that there was a God than there wasn't, but I definitely had convinced myself that I was stupider than I was um, and could not any longer hear the voice of God that I had heard when I was a child. Um, you know, because I just started listening to the report. Mm-hmm.
3: And,
5: uh, uh, it is that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think we're you know, going back to what you were reading earlier you know, we're, we're not it is it's, it's the goodness that leads us to repentance you know condemnation is just isn't drawing anybody to the kingdom of God you know pointing out to people why they're wrong whether they whether they believe in a false God and then you come to have them with arrogance, oh no my God's better your god's wrong. <laughs> Um, or whether it's you know, the lost who just, they don't even know they're in sin, but the way to get them to, to come to repentance is not to explain to them why they're in sin
3: mm-hmm.
5: you know, because that's their life that's just the way they live, and so then you're thinking they're saying, well that's not culture
3: mm-hmm.
5: you know that's my culture mm-hmm. you know um, or I'm not doing anything wrong you know I, I, I don't sleep with married men and that's their
3: standard.
5: you know. Then, but, you know, as long as we're consenting adults, what difference does it make what we do? Well, it makes a difference. But they don't know that. That's their culture.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And if you just come in from a point of, well, let me tell you why you're wrong. You know, so right. somebody who's living a godless life, you know, they don't even need, you know, know they, you know, I really think that, you know, the first place you have to start with people is to convince them that they're lovable. And to convince them that they're so lovable that a God created them like no one else. And that in order to ransom them from all the inequities of the world, because you don't even have to convince them that they're sinful. You just have to convince them that the world is flawed, that they live in a place that is flawed and that we need to be rescued from Mm -hmm. and that they're worth rescuing because they're loved that much by a creator who would sacrifice anything lay down his life lay down the life of his son to because they're worth it Mm he is deemed them as worthy of the sacrifice because he loves them that much because it's on their favor it's grace you live in a world of sin and sickness and death you well, we talk about your sin because
1: they're not going to own that. It's condemnation and guilt is just not. But no. to to add to it, kind of based that, I know I've been at, I think you said they need to daily be rescued, but then that person will say, "Rescue from what?"
5: Yeah, the sin and sickness. And death. Because if they don't, if they don't
1: understand that what I'm doing is sin, yeah, you know, and I'm saying this is not you all You get people. there, don't you? you yeah, yeah.
5: But that's the thing. I mean, once you once you can get them to the goodness of God then they'll want to repent then they'll want to not you know especially in this day of, of, of social conscience mm-hmm. you know do you want to contribute to the sin and sickness and death that you see around you do you, you know which, which team do you want to come for but so the reason why I asked you the question is yeah. you know
1: there, there are people who think it's, it's, it's okay to live in an open marriage yeah it's okay you know that you know, just to be, to have recreational sex mm-hmm. outside of marriage and just this is what we do. I mean, one a co-worker said, you know, hey, this is she, she referenced us to animals. <laughs> I'm saying, no, animals. Just don't do stuff by instinct. It's not our nature. But, you know, some people have that mindset says, okay, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is, they've been convinced yeah. that this but the animals don't is wear okay.
2: pants and they don't accessorize. You know what's interesting? It's like it's like one of the things that I've learned, like, is that culture constructs and and media feeds us what we think we want, and then all of a sudden, oh, that's what I want. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. and so it's so interesting to watch some of the things that are happening and how things are changing and. Um, I listened to this guy Beckett Cook, and he came out of the homosexual lifestyle, and you know, he was he was super successful. Um, he was in Hollywood. He was like at the Oscars and this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like the the dresser and the stage designer, and you know, but the behind the scenes. But he rubbed elbows, and one day he was like in Paris at fashion week or something, and he was sitting there, and, and he thought to himself, "I should." I should be like, this is like what everybody wants, you know what I mean? I'm with the cream of the crop and Cristal Champagne and all this other stuff. And I'm going, is this all there is? And then he goes back to LA and he's sitting in a coffee shop with a friend of his and at the next table there's people with Bibles. And they, they go over there to mess with them, like to, you know, go, really that you still believe this in this day and age and this and that but the guy says to him he says to him um, he says you think homosexuality is wrong right I mean this is this is how I was born this is who I am and he says yes we believe it's a sin but somehow he gets him to come to church and when he comes to church that Sunday he sits there, and the he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and he cries for like thirty minutes to the point where they're like, "Oh my God! Like, is this guy gonna make it?" You know, he's just he can't <clears throat> stop crying, and he completely. And then, long story short, like everybody rejects him because now he's saying this isn't the way you should live, kind of thing. Um, but one of the things he was talking about was how words are no long, people are changing meanings of words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, he said, so pretty soon it's gonna be where like people say, if you say the sky is blue, it might, somebody else might say those words mean the cat is on the map, you know? Be- because they, there's no language, no shared language. And and one of the things he was referencing was now Disney, like well, I, I love Walt Disney and I read his autobiography and all of that but you know how when you when you go to Disney and hear in any of the things they would go ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls well now they can't say that because they might offend somebody who doesn't fit into that category so now they have to say dreamers of all ages and you know it's just so I'm just saying all that to say it's really interesting to think of like the things that were fed and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah that's fine you know what i mean because right. you've seen on tv and it's all around you in culture and you change your mind all of a sudden has changed like if you're not vigilant, you know
0: right right and it's you know, whole, we have a
2: different standard
5: and that too is the other thing that's that's i find bizarre lately is uh, in the past few months is Yeah, Every now and then I'm tapping into what my teenagers are looking at or seeing, and that kind of stuff, and and, um, there's to some extent free range chickens, because I'm like, you know, I don't want to just keep you here, and then now you're all, you have all the freedom in the world because you're grown, and there's no stepping stones in between to make choices. So I'd like you to make a few bad choices while I'm around to go, to bounce those things off of. But, anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. But, you we were talking about media and how it shapes things and um, there are so many things on uh, their, their media sources, like TikTok and that kind of stuff, but also on television shows, where they make someone sound as if they're quoting scripture, and they're not. You know, it's in these fictional things. So they make it sound like someone's literally, and they're holding a book that looks like this one, and they're reading out and holding out the book and saying how, yes, and all homosexuals shall be cast into the fires and ripped apart by, you know, and all this kind of stuff that's not in the Bible. Which, of course, then, if you're, you know, PC and you accept all people, and this book, that they actually don't know Scripture, so they don't know that it's not Scripture, and God is
4: misrepresented over and over and over again.
0: But isn't an that
4: enemy it, who's not the word? But
0: isn't that it's, isn't that an old play? It's an old playbook. He been doing that since Genesis three, yeah. and it's just being played out today yeah. in different ways.
5: It's, it's just, just I mean you think with the media too though. I mean you know and then that site has
4: you know two million hits. What's sad though is that we don't know the word, mm-hmm. so we get alarmed. Because we suddenly realize that that
0: isn't that we don't know the word to counteract. Right, and see, and and to bring it back, how how dangerous stuff like that is. It's just another roadblock or barrier from people being able to truly see how good God is. Mm-hmm. It isn't just another barrier, another way to say, look, see, those Christians they preach a God of love but look at how they're saying look at what they're saying and how they're acting just negative propaganda the same thing it's been since Genesis 3
5: it's hard though, I mean I remember this was years ago, being in a road on a road trip with a bunch of girls from church and we were going to the Women of Faith Conference up in D.C. and somebody had a bumper, you know one of the rainbow bumper stickers and woman who I I thought I knew <laughs> starts on a rant and it is so much hatred being vented. I hate those people. You know, da, 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 and I'm like, oh, yeah, because we're called the hate. You know, just right. like,
0: no. Put right.
5: any adjective, because I've got a few adjectives of my own, put any adjective in front of people you want to and god loves people does he love their sins no that's why he sends his son that's right. why you know while we were yet still still submitted that while we were yet still sinners you know he came for us he sacrificed he died for us. For us but you know it's at the same time
4: god loves people right all people and the holy spirit convicts of
0: sin. And that's what we need. There that's you go. What that's need. what we need. It's not about us trying to convict people of sin. We can't convict anybody. Now, we can Which use the word to condemn people.
4: Um, yeah. So poor, so condemnation But
0: the so. conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's. Now, I, I want to close with this. Now, remember, the goodness of God draws men to repentance. Romans 2 and 4, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go to Luke 5. Luke 5 verse 3 and going down to verse 10 Luke 5 starting at verse 3 and going to 10 stepping into one of the boats Jesus asked Simon his owner to push it out into the water so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there And we had finished speaking he said to simon now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish master simon replied we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing but if you say so i'll let the nets down again and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear A shout for help brought their partners in in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. So we see when Simon was conf- Simon Peter confronted with the, good- the goodness of God manifested right in his face. It brought, it brought him to a place of repentance. So this is what we do. We place ourselves in in position to be used by God to show, to express the goodness of God. And the Holy Spirit withdraw people. All right, social media family. Thank you once again for joining us. We'll see you in a couple weeks.